eyes upon you as we turn to your word. We ask you that you will become so real to each and every one of us. We pray that the Holy Spirit will take the word of God into each heart as you see we need it, and that we will leave this place having been built up in our most precious and holy faith. We thank you there is no one like you. And so we just ask, will you come and help with your word now in Jesus' name? Amen. Amen. We're going to turn to 1 Peter uh, chapter 5. Uh, we're just going to read two verses. Verses 6 and 7. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Do you know, we're living in a world where not many people care. They don't really care. But he cares for you. He cares for you. Uh, and verse 6 starts off and it says, Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your cares upon him that cares for you. And, and, and you know, there's no full stop there that separates the verses. So we need to take them. And we need to remember this, that, that we are called to humble ourselves. We are called to humble ourselves. You know, it's never nice being humbled. It is never nice being humbled. But sometimes to become useful, we have to be humbled. Uh, my father used to have a, a mare and he, uh, he tried to get her on full and it didn't work. And he took it up the road to this horse up the road and it worked. And lo and behold, the horse up the road was a horse called Blue Raja that had won Dublin for four years in a row at that stage. Uh, and they got what they called the sport horse out of it. But anything that Blue Raja ever bred was strong-willed very hard to break and break correctly. Uh, and anything that Blue Raja produced was generally speaking a man's horse and not a woman's horse. Not being sexist, but it just took a bit more energy to ride him. And whenever they went to break him, they brought him to County Armagh to break him. And they put him into a house with a low ceiling. And that was the first thing that they wanted to do was to get him to put his head down instead of putting his head up. And they kept him in a house for a fortnight with a low ceiling to get his head down. And you know, listen, there are times in life that we need to learn to get our heads down. There are times in life that we need to not run about as the, the, the proud person with his head held high. There are times in our lives where we need to learn to get our heads down and to realize that the lifter up of our head is the Lord Jesus Christ. 
that the Lord God Almighty is the one that will lift us up in due time. If we humble ourselves in the sight of Almighty God, in due time, God will exalt us. God will lift us up. If we realize that we are humbling ourselves under the hand of the Lord God Almighty, the all-powerful hand of God, And last week we learned that we needed to get low enough that His grace might flow. We need to get low enough oops, that His grace might flow and we're a bit shaky on it here. And you know something, friends? When we humble ourselves under the almighty hand of God and the grace of God starts to flow into our lives, we are of all people blessed. We are of all people blessed. Do you know when God's grace starts to flow into your life, pray and ask the Lord that it might continue to flow into your life. We don't want anything to break the flow of God's grace into our lives. We don't want anything to hinder the flow of God's grace into our lives. We want that flow to continue. And I can say this, I need Him. Oh, I need Him. Every hour I need Him. I need His wisdom. I need His help. I need His insight. I need Him. Do you know, a wise old saint of God gave me great advice years ago. They said this, walk slow, keep low, and don't blow. Walk slow. God is in no hurry. The one that created the universe isn't running out of time. Glory to God. You develop your walk with God. It's step by step. It's line upon line. It's precept by precept. It's bit by bit by bit. I have watched high flyers come and I have watched high flyers go. But I'll tell you this. Those who set out to walk after their God and to walk with their God and get in step with God will find That over the time God takes you to places you never thought you would ever go to, He does things with you that you never dreamt would ever happen. And it's because we get in step with the Lord. It's because we get in step with the Lord. The Lord Jesus says, Take my yoke upon you. A yoke was between two animals. And I thank God that if we get in step with him, we will get yoked to him. He carries the load. He is our strength, our help, and our hope, and there is no one like him. Do you know, God's care comes to those that humble themselves. And those who need God's grace to live their lives, their Christian lives, I can say this, I need the grace of God. I need the grace of God to live a Christ-like life. life. Do you know, I, I used to read this verse, casting all your cares upon him that cares for you. 
And I, I used to spend so, and this was my understanding of it, that, that every time a trouble came, see, this is the trouble. Every time the trouble came, I imagined myself going down to the sea and Jesus was like a boat and I threw the trouble onto Jesus and he carried it away. And so every time a trouble came, I ran and threw it onto him. And every time a trouble came, I ran and threw it onto him. It wasn't until I started reading uh, this uh, week in study and, and, and looking and Whenever this was written, it was written in the orus's tense. That means it's a once-for-all action. And there comes a place and a point in time where we give our lives unto the Lord. Isn't that right? At that time, we're supposed to throw all our cares unto Him who cares for us. That's all our cares, past, present, and future. That's all our cares about our health, our wealth, or whatever else you want to put in there. It's throwing all your cares and all your worries onto Him. This was the same word that was used for when Jesus was riding into Jerusalem and they came and they threw their cloaks onto the ask that Jesus read, rode upon. And as he went into Jerusalem that day, you know, they didn't tear off a cuff and throw a cuff on, and they didn't tear off a sleeve and throw a sleeve on. They threw their whole garment. And you know, Jesus cares about every area and aspect of your life. Anything that you care about, he cares about it. And I believe that we should learn uh, from this that we throw everything concerning our lives unto the Lord. We throw our families unto Him because there's no one will ever care for them like He does. We throw our business, our all unto Him because He cares for us. And Paul, writing to the Philippians, urged them, to worry about nothing. Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. Yet to pray about everything. And you know, we, we need to get a balance right here. We're not to be anxious and we're not to be worried. But we are to be those that pray about everything. We are to be those that pray about everything. Pray about everything that we take everything to the Lord and we leave it with the Lord. And when the enemy comes and tries to drive us into condemnation and keep from coming to the Lord, that we would be those that would come to the Lord. He is our life. He is our help. He is our hope. And so when troubles come and they swamp over us, we shouldn't waste our time casting cares because we've already done that and He cares for us, what we need to learn to do is to start and come and pray and ask God to step in and ask God to move and ask God to minister. Do you know, I, I've learned to pray rather than fret. I've learned to pray rather than get worried. And we need to understand this, that man ought always to pray. Man ought always to pray. Instead of spending our time casting our cares. You see, 
We'll come to this in a wee minute. For he cares for us. He cares for us. And he wants to move and he wants to minister. His hands are sufficient to carry everything that I take to him. His help. There is no help like it. You know something, friends, there is no sin too vile that his blood can't cleanse from. There's no health problem too great that God can't heal. There's no problem too great that God can't solve it. No trap so strong that he can't spring it. No snare set so well that he doesn't see it. No distress so great that he can't bring his peace. Our God is able. And our God knows it all and he cares for us. He has created and informed us and he has brought us to this point in our lives. And listen, no matter what the burden, no matter what the root of your trouble may be, it may come from disappointment and the old devil comes and said, they were Christians and they did that. It may come from heartache or grief or sorrow. Listen, when these things come, we need to go in prayer to the throne of God because that's where we will obtain grace and mercy and help in time of need. And instead of wasting time throwing cares onto him, because he's already taken them all on board, we need to come to the Lord that will sustain us and help us. Sir Spurgeon said, Thy burden or what thy God lays on you is wisdom to cast it onto him. And so many people are weighed down by burdens when the Lord wants them to cast them onto himself. Do you know, he is our great provider and there is no one like him this morning. He is our healer and we need to learn to come to him in prayer, believing that he is the one that will carry us through and bring us through it all. He's the all-sufficient one. He's a very present help in time of trouble. He's the one that heals the brokenhearted. He's the one that helps the disillusioned. He is our helper in times past, and he will be our helper in the present, and he will certainly look after us in the future. He is the one who gently and peacefully draws near. And so we need to be those that come to him. We need to humble ourselves in his sight. We need to look to him. Our help comes from him. But we also need to learn Casting all your care upon him that cares for you. The word for cares and anxiety in the Greek comes from the same root as anger, and it suggests a choking. And you know, the cares of this world have choked the spiritual life out of so many people. The cares of this world have choked the spiritual life out of so many people. And it will choke the life out of you. If you allow it, if you allow it, worry chokes the life out of faith. When you start to worry, faith goes out the window. And it doesn't help you deal with your troubles or your problems. It just leaves you unfit to deal with anything. And instead of coming boldly before the Lord, we come all choked up. And we can't get the words out and we, we, we feel frustration and, and we get annoyed with everything around us. 
We need to remember this, that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. We need to remember that God is still on the throne and he remembers his own. And we need to understand that cares and anxiety were designed to separate us from God. I wasn't going to do this, but I'm going to do this. I want two big strong men, John Bloomer, Norman Wiley. We'll go this side. I want someone lighter, a man. Joel, you'll do all right. Come on ahead, Joel. Oh, he's not that light, but he'll do. Joel, I want you to stand with a foot in each chair here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Face in the front. Right. As Joel stands, he's a foot in each camp here. This side is God, and this side is the cares of the world. He can stand comfortably at the minute. He can deal with the pressure that's on him and the cares that are on him at this point in time. John and Norman, I want you to take a, a, a side each of the chair now and just divide him a wee bit and see how far he can go. He's all right now. He's getting under pressure and we don't want him to get under any more pressure. Just jump down. Do You see, friends, it's like this. Cares of this world will divide you from the Lord. They will get your eyes off the Lord. You know something? When Peter stepped out of the boat, he was okay. And then he started to see that the sea was boisterous and he lost sight of Jesus. And it was when he lost sight of Jesus that he started to go down under. Do you know something? Whenever we get caught up with the cares and the worries of this world, we lose sight of the Master. When we get caught up with the the, the cares and the worries of this world, we get divided from His presence. It's in His presence there's fullness of joy. Amen? It's in the presence of the Lord that times of refreshing come. Amen. And when we're in His presence and He's ministering to us, we're all right. But when those things come to divide us and take us away from His presence, it's then that we get into trouble. It's then that we get into trouble. Cares and anxieties. They will choke the life out of you. They will choke the life out of faith. And instead of coming boldly before the Lord, we lose sight of the Lord and we try to make it on our own. When I try to make it on my own, I can't make it. When I try to make it on my own, I can't make it. In the parable of the sower, it was the cares of this world that choked the young seed and stopped. So we need to stop let the enemy choking us. A recent survey found this, that 40% of the things that you are anxious about will never happen. Wow. 30% of what you're anxious about is beyond your control to do anything about it. Do you know whenever you do an exam and you just, you knew you could have done better. Well, you can't do anything more about it now. You can't do anything more about it now. You may be able to do more about it if you get a reset a bit later on, but you can't do anything more about it now. So why let that 
separate you from God? Why lose the peace of God over that? 12% of the things that you worry about won't be blamed on you. 10% of the things that you worry about have got to do with your health. And you know something? Worry and stress are some of the biggest problems that we all face in our health. We are fearfully and wonderfully made, and that my soul knows right well. He has created us. He has formed us. He knows every detail about our lives, and He will perfect all that concerns us. So stop worrying about it. And let the peace of God that passes all understanding be your portion. And pray about your health. Pray about your health. Stop worrying about it and start praying about it. Don't waste time worrying about it. Pray about it. The idea and the purpose of anxiety is to draw us and separate us and divide us as we were going to do with Joel if we'd have kept on going. Anxious people are torn between doing this and doing that. Isn't that right? And you know, I, I'm so afraid, you know, if I do this, and if I do that, can I tell you, men ought always to pray. See, instead of getting anxious about it, you use that time praying positively into the situation. Instead of getting anxious, instead of spending all your time throwing all your worries, realize this, that he has taken them all, and that when he adopted you, it was that he was going to care for you. It was that he was going to provide for you. It was that he was going to undertake for you. And that he cares for you. And if your family doesn't care about you, that doesn't matter. He cares for you. People around you don't care for you. He cares for you. And the one that cares for me is the one that has got the power and the ability to do something about it. The one that cares for me is the one that will always be there for me. And so, the next time that you're torn between two things, what should I do? Why not bring it to the Lord in prayer and ask the Lord, what should you do? And then be open. There are so many people, and they become so anxious that they end up being dominated by others. He cares for you. So you don't have to be dominated by anybody else. You know, I, I, I learned an awful big lesson uh, whenever I was in Bible college. Uh, Jim Dick was the principal of Bible college, and he made a statement and if anybody was approached by any pastor, no matter who the pastor was, that, uh, because what was happening was there were pastors were trying to line up uh, people to go to their first church rather than the ministerial training and selection board. Uh, and it was to be reported to the general superintendent if any pastor approached you. And I got a phone call to go to the office, and it was never a good thing to get a phone call to go to the office. And I went down to the office, and 
Jim Dick said to me, Stephen, I know I made that statement this morning, but he says, this is the MSTB. They, they would like you to go to Bristol to be in charge of the Drug Rehabilitation Centre and you'll take students out every weekend, go to churches, you'll preach the gospel, they'll share their testimonies and we think it would work really well. We'll supply you with a car, we'll give you a salary and they'll know through what all they were going to do and that sounded really good. And then the boy that was over evangelism, he offered me a job as an evangelist in his church in Liverpool and that sounded good because it was the same sort of thing and you just had to preach a Sunday night and that was all you had to do and it sounded good too. And the other option was come back home to Northern Ireland to live by faith, to help pioneer a church that had started and gone wrong. And I had 10p left. And you know, I was a fool. Because I ran to the phone and I put... 10p, my last 10p into the phone. And I phoned Rosemary Macaulay. Now, I really respect Rosemary Macaulay. But I'd have been far better going and talking to God myself. And I phoned her up and I was getting through the third scenario whenever it went deep, 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 deep and it ran out of money. And I never even got to hear what you had to say. You know something... The Lord spoke to me, and I'd be careful using them terms, and he just gave me this wee thought, you stupid fool, why did you not come to me? Because it's my plan, it will be my power, and it will be me that does it. And I went away and I got alone with God. And you know, there are times, friends, when anxiety and trouble and worry have separated us from God. And if that's the case, we need to be wise. And we need not to be anxious about tomorrow and the things that will happen tomorrow. But we need to understand that the Lord has said that He will never see the righteous forsaken nor their seed-begging bread. And the one that laid down his life for me is the one who today intercedes for me. He prays for me. And I have the greatest one ever praying for me. And you have him praying for you if you're the child of God. And you need to understand that what we have committed into his hands, he will keep. And we need to understand, for I know whom I have believed, and I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed into his hands against that day. You know what I need to worry about today? Is that I would hear the voice of God, that I would walk after God, and that I would do the will of God for my life, that I would allow nothing to divide me from the source, and Jesus is the source. Jesus is the source of our help, our hope, the one that calmed the troubled sea can calm the troubled life today. Troubled hearts can be calmed by him today. We need not be moved from him because he cares for us. He loves us and he wants to perfect that which concerns us. We need to come to the place that we understand that God just doesn't exist. 
He cares. He's alive. He's moved by our condition. He's the one that draws near and he's the one that speaks into our souls and he is the one that comes to bless us. He is the one that comes to put the arm around us and to carry us through. And when we can't get through, he's the one that will bring us through. There is no one like him. He is the one that is moved. He is moved by our state. He's touched by our prayers. And he calls us to himself. I wonder when was the last time that you just felt you had to get alone with God. Maybe you've never done this before. Can I tell you something, friend? You get somewhere, you can get alone with God and you open your heart to him and you pour out your heart to the Lord and you will find that you are precious in the sight of the Lord. You will find that he will draw near to you. And there's times where we just need to get our eyes back onto Jesus. You know, I really loved us singing that this morning before I preached because they didn't know where I was going to end up. You know something, friends? We need to learn to turn our eyes upon Jesus, to look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Instead of allowing the cares of this world to divide and separate us from God, we need to learn that men ought always to pray, that we come in faith before the throne of God, that we pour our hearts out to God in prayer, and we understand that He hears and He answers prayer and there is no one like him. He can do what no one else can do. He is the author and finisher of our faith. He is the one that loves us, longs for us to come into his presence. Do you know, if we have been drawn away, we need to just come back. Whatever it is that has drawn you away, friends, it's not worth it. It is not worth it. We need to come back. We need to come before his face. We need to seek him. And we will see the king of all glory pour his peace and his presence out on our souls. And we can know what it is for the king of all glory to draw alongside and to touch us. Casting all our care the things that would divide us, the things that would take us from God's presence, casting them all on him who cares for us. Jesus cares. He cares for you. He cares for your family. He cares for every area and aspect of your life. He wants to pour his grace into your life. Maybe you just need to get low this morning. Maybe you just need to get low enough that the grace of God might flow to you. Maybe you just need to humble yourself in the sight of Almighty God and in your heart get low this morning and say, Lord, I need your grace to flow and I need your grace to flow into my life. Maybe there's a blockage this morning. Maybe it's something happened in the past or there's a disappointment or, or there's whatever it may be. If there's a blockage, we need it removed this morning because we need his grace to flow into our lives. We need his grace 
to flow into our lives because we need him. We need his touch. Maybe you're here and, and you're a backslider. You've got divided, separated from God. I'll decide this morning you're coming home. Decide this morning, whatever it is, you're coming home to the master because he's the only one who really cares for you. He loves you. He cares for you. He wants to minister into your life. He wants his grace to flow in your life. And so as we come to an end of preaching this morning, Oh, that it would be the start of the Holy Spirit doing a restorative work in lives right now. When every head bowed, when every eye closed, I don't want anybody looking around. I want you to know this morning that you are precious in the sight of God. I want you to understand this morning that God knows and God cares and God understands and where people don't know and where they have imagined and where they didn't understand he understands. And he knows exactly where you are. And friend, this morning, the Lord Jesus died for you. He ever lives to make intercession for you. He cares for you, and you matter to him. And as the cares of this world have swamped over your life, and, and they have that choking effect, and you know you just need a touch from God this morning. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Would you just slip up your hand and we're going to pray for you. Is there anyone here this morning say, yes, I need a touch from God? Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Yes. Anybody else? Yes, thank you. Anybody else? Lord, we ask you that you, the divine gardener, would come right now and you would pick out the weeds that choke, and the cares that choke, that you would pick them out right now. And we ask you that the grace of God would start to flow in a greater dimension than it has ever done in every one of these precious people's lives in Jesus' name, and that the peace of God would replace anxiety, that the peace of God, that we realize that He cares for us. Hallelujah. He cares for our family. He cares for the situations that trouble us so much and that you will step in, and that you will move, and that you will minister in Jesus' name. While heads are still bowed, if you're here this morning and you are a backslider, I want to tell you he loves you. And you're too precious to be wasted. You're priceless. He just wants you to come home. And if you're here this morning and you feel a tug in your heart to come back to the Lord and home to the Lord, then I just want you to look up right now and keep looking up until I see you. No one else will know. 
God loves you and God cares for you and God wants to minister right into your life. He wants to become real to you. So, Lord Jesus, you know our hearts. And we simply ask you that you will move and that you will minister, that you will have your own unhindered way in these lives in Jesus' name. And so we pray over the whole congregation right now, and we thank you, Lord, that the blessing of the Lord makes rich and it adds no sorrow. And we just pray your richest blessing on every believer in this place today. We pray that you will cause them to abound in every good work, that you will help them to fix their faces towards you, to follow through with you and see the great things that you do in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Just a quick prayer update uh, as the announcements come. Um, Rebecca found out, um, as far as I know, yesterday that she has to go into hospital early. It wasn't to be for another couple of weeks. Um, she has to go in tomorrow morning, half past nine. Um, so I really, really would appreciate your prayers for them as a family. Um, so she's been called in early. Um, I don't know what that means, um, but if we could really... Uh, be praying for Rebecca and Gary tomorrow morning. She has to be in the Royal for half past nine. So if you could really be praying for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.